0: Welcome to Groovy Soup, Groovy. a showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio, and your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden.
1: Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio. Brought to you by True Blue Plumbing and Alpine Heating and Cooling. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. After a week off, we are back with more great local tunes. Let's get things going with Ernie Johnson from Detroit and their song, Ungana. That was Ungana by Ernie Johnson from Detroit. And while the name might make you think of Michigan, this group comes from Cincinnati. And after releasing their first full-length album last year, the band has been opening up to greener pastures. Let's learn more right now. Got another great, great group on the line here. Well, one of the members of a great group. I got Eric here from Ernie Johnson from Detroit. Thanks so much for joining me, Eric.
0: Thanks
1: for having me. So I have each show start off by having uh, everyone introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about the band. So the floor is yours.
0: All right. Well, my name is Eric. I am the bass player in a 10-piece Afrobeat funk band based in Cincinnati called Bernie Johnson from Detroit. Uh, We've been a band for going on about four years. And, uh, you know, we play uh, all around Cincinnati and all around the state of Ohio. And um, within the last year or so, we've been kind of breaking out and doing some more out-of-town stuff and just trying to expand our brand, uh we put out a record our first uh full length record of self titled Ernie Johnson from Detroit we put that in, out in June of last year and uh yeah, so we're just trying to make waves I mean we're a very large band, so um you know we kinda we bring a whole crew we bring a party just by showing up and playing.
1: Yeah. 10 people. That's a, uh, that's a uh, quite, quite the number there. And, uh, I want to dive into that, uh, as, as well, but first I want to jump in and see Ernie Johnson from Detroit, from Cincinnati. How did the name come together? I've been very curious about that because <laughs> I see that you guys perform a lot also with, uh, another groovy soup alum, Larry Elefante. So I was also curious about what it was like to work with them.
0: Well, first of all, the name, um, if I tell you the story then I will have to kill you, um, Actually, no. Uh, um, Basically, the name is kind of a mystery. It's kind of played up to be that way. Uh, We're not claiming to be from Detroit, where uh, the name is, you know, it's more of a proper name. Ernie Johnson from Detroit. We always try to emphasize that the F is capital, because that's often a mistake that is made. Um, When you lowercase the F, it implies that we're from Detroit. When When you have an uppercase F, it's, you know, a proper name, basically. So, uh, basically, in so many words, uh, we're named after a person. Um, the stories compound every every year. More and more crazy stories come about. It's kind of like a game of telephone. People uh, hear, hear a version of the story, then they tell their friends. And kind of, as it compounds, the story gets more and more interesting. Uh, you know, it's basically... A, become fan lore at this point you know um in terms of larry alfonte he's uh, mike ratushin's a very good friend of ours uh, based out of i believe he's out of youngstown now but he's been in athens for quite some time and uh we just crossed paths with him playing in athens and around and we become really good friends and we did some shows with him when he released his record uh yeah he's just a good friend from athens no. absolutely
1: yeah and, and such an interesting story too and I, I i like the fact that uh the the it continues on and goes on with uh the, the more and more stories come out about the person there about ernie there and uh i like that uh i like that element of, of the name there but uh what can you tell me about being in a band with so many members and how did you all come together originally did it start small and it kind of just grew and grew or were you guys all connected from something a project before
2: Well,
0: yeah. um, you know everybody in the band is um first of all playing in a band with 10 people is exhilarating to say the least but it can be difficult keeping that many people together but uh with that being said we are all Cincinnati based musicians um we've everybody plays in different bands uh in and around town and uh there's an original group of 6 of us that came together playing um some music and we went ahead and you know started the band with the, the original 6 and then from there it was you know only natural to add a you know we didn't have a keyboard player so we added keys and then you know when we were starting to get ready to um do our first full length studio we wanted to beef up the band because you know we do a lot of afrobeat and funk music so we kind of wanted to flesh out with some more percussion you know, add another horn player, that kind of thing, and it's kind of snowballed into this ten-piece band, um, you know, sometimes nine, sometimes ten, depending, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it can be a challenge at times, but when we get on stage, we uh, we just connect really well together, and, you know, we've, you know, and some of us continue to play in other bands together, you know, separate, smaller projects, and you know but at the end of the day we're all ernie so
1: <laughs> more from ernie johnson from detroit next here on groovy soup this is groovy soup on power 105 this is groovy soup on power 105 welcome back to groovy soup brought to you by true blue plumbing and alpine heating and cooling i'm your host paul holden and we keep the soup a with another tune from ernie johnson from detroit this one's called ram's horn was Horn from ernie johnson from detroit if the name sounds familiar to to you you might have just seen this 10 piece group last weekend here in town let's dive back into our interview right now that's awesome and i mean i can i can i i know i can only imagine what it takes to take to keep the 10 of you all together there and what load in and load out for you guys must look like there when you when you pull up yeah right but um, <laughs> s- let's go, you, so you said the first album, you guys released that last uh, last year there. And, you know, going off this theme of, you know, keeping 10 of you, 10 schedules and getting you all in, what was the recording process like for, for you guys? And, and did you have to do a lot of it in kind of like bits and pieces? Were there a larger studio that you that you worked with? Uh, what can you tell me about uh, recording and putting out your guys' album?
0: Okay, well, we basically, we did the record. We did the, the original tracking we did. And basically, two 12-hour sessions, marathon sessions, and we recorded. We did it all uh, analog to tape at a place called Cybertechnics Creative Studio, which is located in Dayton, Ohio. It's a uh, it's a studio that's been around for I don't I can't even tell you it's been around for at least 50 years, and um, the gentleman that recorded it, um, he has been recording for you know he. a lot of the Dayton funk bands and things came through this studio back in the 70s and 80s, and it was just a really cool old analog studio, you know, huge, and the equipment was just unreal, just everything, every piece of equipment had a story behind it, and uh, uh, the gentleman Phil Mahaffey was his name that uh, was the engineer on the record, he had just been collecting all this gear and stuff over the last 50 years, so Um, With the type of music that we play and want to create, we decided that it was best to kind of go in and use this old gear and capture it the way that, you know, like Felicuti and all these bands back in the 70s captured it. So what we did was um, we basically were set up as a live, uh, we recorded as a nine piece, so we were all set up basically in a room together. The horns were kind of separate. Our percussion player was in a in a separate room uh but most of it was done live and then we went back in had a couple other little sessions where we you know fixed a couple things um you know our keyboard player went back in and did a couple little things but yeah most of it was done live in the studio to 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 tape so uh you know the process was really good um we sent it off to a Grammy award-winning engineer and producer by the name of Russell Alavato. He's, uh, he's known for doing, um, stuff with, uh, D'Angelo and he just did Lettuce's last record and, uh, Kamasi Washington, his record. We kind of, we sent it off to him and he mixed it down for us and yeah, the product came out really good for us. And, you know, basically we've been sitting on that for a year and, our current plans are to go back into the studio here in the next uh, few months and start recording the next, the follow-up to it.
1: That's really exciting. I mean, that is quite the connection to have there. Those are some yeah. uh, some pretty big names to be to be able to work with someone that's been been working with them. Is that just uh, you know a, a know a guy who knew a guy and was able to get that, or were you guys able to kind of work through and he was kind of digging what you guys were doing and and you guys were able to form a, a relationship that way?
3: Well, yeah,
0: I mean. Um... You know, he's one of those names that's been around. He's known as like an in, in analog, this pioneer of analog sound and all that kind of stuff. So, um, our saxophone player Wayne uh, reached out to him and just kind of sent him some of our, you know, other material that we had done in other studios and kind of said, you know, we're making a record and this is the sound we're going for. And he seemed to dig it, so he uh, he agreed to do the project for us. And you know, we sent him the tracks. He was I believe he's based out of New York, um, possibly even Colorado. I'm not exactly sure, but we basically sent him over the stuff and uh, he was
1: digging it, so he did it for us. That's really awesome. And of course, it worked (laughs) out. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And I mean, and plus now being able to, to have a connection with, uh, you know, those connection with those artists, too. I mean, that's got to be kind of exciting as well for potential possibilities, maybe down the line for for something to to, to come up there. And I really like I'm really fascinated by the, the use of the the analog equipment and, um, you know, how how many how much people still value and use equipment that, you know, a lot of people consider old school or, you know, but they still work it still produces such great sound. So it's still cool to hear, you know, your experience with all that equipment. Equipment here. We're talking to Eric here from Ernie Johnson from Detroit. Uh, you get, they were going to be in Athens here. Uh, they're going to play tomorrow, but by the time this airs, it'll already be, be in the past. But uh, strong Athens ties there for you guys as well. I mean, you guys seem to make it down to Athens pretty frequently. How did you guys first get uh, connected to Athens, and uh, what do you think of playing in that small little town versus, you know, a bigger area like Cincinnati?
0: Well, we, uh, you know, throughout the years we had, uh, you know, with different bands and things, we had made it through Athens, you know, different groups of us. And uh, it's kind of always been one of those places. It's such a beautiful area. The town is gorgeous. The college is so nice. And, you know, we just kind of had some ties from there. And then um, we've been friends with a lot of musicians from Athens for a long time. So when we started this project, um you know we we made it up we got invited to uh play a play a show with a band called hell now shout out to hell now from athens uh they're like a their bass and drums duo phenomenal been around for a long time but basically it started with uh them inviting us in town and uh you know we have uh connections to some other bands any color the a pink foy tribute band and You know, again, Larry Elfonte, um, you know, just a bunch of different bands. So we kind of got the nod in there and, you know, being such a large band and we love to play for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, basically they just kept asking us to come back and we've made it to the point where we're just regulars. It's one of our biggest markets coming to Athens. And then, of course, we got asked to do Nelsonville Music Festival this past summer, which was you know, a massive festival in the Hawking Hills, and, you know, we got to play the late night slot there, and we played for about three hours straight to, you know, a couple thousand people, and kind of just been snowballing since then, and, you know, we we just absolutely love it in Athens, it's like a second home to us, you know, it's one of those type of things where any chance we get to go, uh, it's always a good time, so.
1: Yeah. And it's always, you know, with, with such great ties, it's always a, it's always a warm welcome there in uh, Athens as well. And it's exciting. Sure it's always good. Great to be, to be back. And I'm sure Athens will be excited to have you here. So one of my questions goes back, you know, with the genre of music that you guys, the funk side of it, I've, I've talked to, I feel like a couple of artists from Cincinnati, uh, Freak Bass being one of the the biggest name I can think of is Cincinnati seems to have a little bit of a funk scene. And can you tell me about that? Is, is, is funk uh, as big of a deal in my head? is I'm I'm thinking about it in Cincinnati or uh, what what can you tell me about that? Well,
0: funk in in uh in terms of Cincinnati and Dayton especially, I mean, it's the it was, you know, it's the funk capital of the entire universe uh at one point in the 60s, uh King Records was here, um uh, which was James Brown's company that he did all of his earliest stuff with. It's how he linked up with Bootsy and uh his brother Catfish, you know, that's how they joined, uh, James Brown's band, so yeah, I mean, all the the funkiest records ever made were made in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas, so, I mean, it's got a very, very strong ties to the funk, you know, and we're just happy to be, you know, associated with anything that has to do with that, Um, you know, it being such a legendary place for um, these recordings, these historic, recordings that were made here,
1: you know? Absolutely, and see that's one of my what, I, what I, why I love doing this show is being able to learn more and more about music history, especially in Ohio. I mean, my dad was a you know he lived in Ohio for most of his life, especially in Cincinnati, and I knew he was big into music, but it didn't it, it until I came out to Ohio I didn't realize how much music history was was uh, you know there and how much music and and how big of an influence on on the music industry that uh, Ohio has had. So I love hearing stories like that. But uh, all right, we are getting close here to the end here. Eric, I'll let you get back to, you, to your day here, but um, what's coming up for you guys? I know you mentioned getting back into the studio, but uh, how does the, the rest of the year look for you guys? Still lots of uh, touring going on for you guys, or kind of slowing things down so you can kind of focus on the studio work?
0: Uh, I mean, we still have some pretty big shows coming up. We, um, I don't know if you know about, uh, there's a, a big light, an art and light festival that came through a couple years ago called Blink and that's coming up again uh in october and basically that's a city-wide um, artist installation that's all based around different um you know lights and uh you know projections and you know crazy murals and projection mapping and basically it uh goes over the entire city so you can You know, last year there was over a million people, they uh, estimated, that came through Cincinnati for the event, or two years ago, sorry. And uh, they're doing it again in October, uh, I believe it's October 10th through the 13th, and one of the biggest things that they're going to do is they're going to light up the Roebling Bridge, which is, uh, you know, our big, fancy bridge that goes over to Kentucky. And then basically it's a walking tour throughout the city of all different, you know, lit up you know, murals and things like that. And uh, we're going to be doing a couple of different shows for that. Uh, we'll be playing a, um, at a gallery called Bunk. Um, <clears throat> they're called Bunk News, and they have an art gallery in Pendleton neighborhood of Cincinnati. We'll be doing like an after-party type thing that Friday. And then on that Sunday we'll be doing uh, one of the main stages that they have for entertainment on Sunday night for that. And then, so that's going to be huge for us. It's just, there's so many people that go down there. If there was a million two years ago, it would probably be two million this year, you know? So, and, and then, um, and then we're, we always do a new year's Eve show, but that, I can't, I don't, I can't give any details yet on the new year's Eve, but definitely keep an eye out for Ernie Johnson from Detroit, social media, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll always let everybody know where, where we'll be, but, uh, Definitely have some really cool stuff on the horizon, for sure. We're looking to book a tour um, for the beginning part of 2020, uh, just getting out of, out of town a little bit more, and uh, yeah, just getting ready to record another record, basically. We want to start putting out some more live stuff as well, because you know, we're known for our live show, um, but yeah, all kinds of stuff on the horizon.
1: Man, that's I mean, yeah, like staying busy, but that festival sounds really, really cool there in Cincinnati. What an awesome idea and what a great way to show people the city in an artistic and cool way. There's a lot of cool stuff going on up there in Cincinnati right now. And it's uh, really awesome yeah. to, to hear. But uh, Eric, thank you so much for your time here. Ernie Johnson from Detroit. They're going to be in Athens here before this show airs. But uh, for all things, Ernie Johnson, what's the best way for people to, to stay up to date with what you guys do?
0: Uh, Ernie Johnson from Detroit, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. You know, ErnieJohnsonFromDetroit.com. We'll be rolling out a new website here in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, all the social media stuff. Um, our records on Bandcamp, uh, Spotify. You know, basically Apple Music. All the all the major links. You can uh, stream our music. And uh, yeah, just the regular stuff. Please check us out, and uh, we'll be hopefully get into athens and more towns out that way very
1: soon awesome eric thank you so much best of luck with everything going forward and uh, thank you uh, thank you again so much for your time thank you paul up next musical chairs stay tuned this is groovy soup on power
0: 105 this is groovy
1: soup on power 105 Welcome back to Groovy Soup, brought to you by True Blue Plumbing and Alpine Heating and Cooling. I'm Paul Holden, your host of this mashup of melodies. Up next, we head to Akron to jam out with three legged chairs. Here's one called Sex Appeal. That was Sex Appeal by Three-Legged Chairs, playing tunes for five years now and with a track record of performances at some big-time venues. Three-Legged Chairs are hard at work creating new tunes to keep rocking out on their musical journey. Let's learn more about the group right now. Got another great group on the line here. We got Three-Legged Chairs, and you might have just caught them at Casa this past Saturday here rocking out with ACRN, Bathouse House, and Inoculus, a Groovy Soup uh, alum there. But uh, Three-Legged Chairs, thank you so much for joining me today.
4: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having
1: us. I have each show start off by having the bands introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about their tunes, so the floor is yours.
3: Uh, my name is Justin.
4: I'm the lead singer of Three-Legged Chairs.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: my name's Kyle, and I play uh, lead guitar, and I do some backup vocals in Three-Legged Chairs. And then uh, we also got Nick Pinard, who plays bass for Three-Legged Chairs. And... Uh, Who's that other guy, Justin?
3: Uh, his name is Holden Shoemate, and he is playing drums with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Very cool. I like Holden there. Like I, I, I like that name. Last That's my last name there. So yeah. uh, can't I can't, can't beat yeah. that. But uh, you guys are just fresh off of uh, the Beat the Heat tour. Well, not fresh off of, but uh, you guys did a lot of touring this uh, this uh, past summer. What can you tell me about your experiences in life on the road? I, I got to catch out a, a, at least a, a glimpse of the video there that you guys made about it. And it looked like uh, you guys were packed up tight and had a blast.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was. Definitely a good experience. Um, it's always fun to be homeless for two weeks uh, yeah. with your buddies. So <laughs> yeah, we just pile around in the in what 1980s. 1980, mm-hmm. 1989 Chevy motorhome.
4: Yeah, and there's,
3: there's just nothing better than than, than traveling around with uh with everybody in that. Honestly, it's a great time. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I'm sure it was uh,
1: pretty hot out there. So, um, I mean, what was it, was this like your first, uh, was this one of your first tours or have you guys been kind of hitting the road for a bit? Are you guys kind of seasoned road warriors at this point?
3: It was, uh, it was actually our second tour last year. We did the Midwest tour. Um, we called it the, what was it? The big mood tour. Yeah. And then, so yeah, it was our second run. So we kind of knew what to expect a little bit more this time. It wasn't, it wasn't as shocking as the first one, but it was definitely a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> so what? So after the after the tour wrapped up, are you guys just playing around Ohio now? Obviously, you got the show that you guys are getting ready to play in Athens tonight, and this will be after the the show airs. Um, but uh, what else have you guys been up to uh, post tour?
4: Uh, recently, we've just been kind of recording. Uh, we're kind of finishing up some uh, some work here. Uh, we're trying to play more uh out of Akron more around Ohio and like kind of neighboring states, and uh just trying to get out there more uh more often trying to get get out on the road more often did you have a
1: a favorite spot that you guys played at here um just looking at the 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 tour you have pittsburgh, Maryland, a little bit of Virginia North Carolina. any of those places kind of surprise you or stick out for having some pretty cool music scenes
3: um, We did not expect Richmond, Virginia to yeah. have such a cool scene, but um, yeah, that we, was... played at, we played at the Canal Club. Uh, it was super sick. They actually want us to come back, and uh, we're excited to go back. Um, and there was a lot of people that came out. We played with a lot of great uh, musicians, so it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Very exciting. Very cool. And of course, uh, located out of uh, Akron there, what can you tell me about the, the Akron music scene? Um,
4: like around Akron, there's a lot of like it's a lot of like DIY stuff, like a lot of houses, a lot of like just like community spaces. Um, it's it's more of like a more of like an emo punk scene, but there's definitely a lot of like um, definitely a lot of friendly people that like like to get involved and help out other bands. So it's it's, it's actually it's actually really nice uh, to be like around such like a positive scene that just wants to help out all kind of like genres and stuff
2: yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean it's always good to be around and be able to to collaborate with people and so um mm-hmm. you know, being in uh being from akron and stuff is there any a couple of bands that you guys have been able to to collaborate or work with uh pretty frequently because you you hit the the tour you you guys toured with uh another band here funeral Propo- proposals right
3: yeah so um uh, the funeral proposals we met them a long time ago they became like some of our best friends um but yeah, we've been very active alongside of them. Uh, so both of our tours was with them. Um, we've we uh, record with them, play shows with them. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but other than that,
4: can't um, think off the top of my head. There's a bunch of other good bands from uh, Akron. There's like there's Swell Tides, uh, like Q Ball, um I'm trying to name, King Boo. Rage. There's a ton of like good garage rock bands from Ohio. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Oregon Space Trail of Doom. Uh, there's, a, there's just a ton of like good music coming out of Akron right now um, that we've that we've been lucky lucky enough to like play with and like work alongside with and like be in collaboration with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oregon Space Trail, one of my favorites, actually from uh, from Akron. I've had them on the show, and they were not only a, not yeah. only great tunes, but a, a blast to talk to. So
2: let's talk a little yeah. bit
1: about the uh, the Spooky Tie Dye EP. There came out uh, last year and and uh, in, in May, and uh, we, we're going to hear a couple of tracks from from this uh, EP here. So, what what can you tell me about the EP and what was it like uh, recording your your guys's first EP? Um, so it's
3: actually funny that our first- Second EP. Um, we we uh, were late to get onto Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. So um, if we're looking at a timeline, technically it's our second. Um, but our being our second EP, we wanted to like not do it in a big studio and we wanted to try to do it ourselves. Um, so all, all of that was self-recorded um, in our basement of my mom's house because I still lived with my mom. When we when we made that. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a good experience. Um, we learned a lot about,
4: you know, mixing, recording, uh, all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, it's a really good experience. Yeah, I think it helped us, like, develop how we want to kind of sound, like, you know, being able to just, like, record what you want to record and, how, you know, make it how you want to make it helps, like... And helps then that, yeah, and, that, and then
3: that helped in the process of, like... You know, when, when we're recording now, it helps. When we're working with other people, it helps, like, give us more of an idea of, like, you know, pointers that we could give them for, like, what we're trying to achieve with the sound. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it definitely helped us out uh, doing it ourselves at least once. And I'm sure we'll probably end up doing it uh, again that way.
1: More from Three Legged Chairs next here on Groovy Soup Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup, brought to you by True Blue Plumbing and Alpine Heating and Cooling. One more track tonight. Here's another one from Three-Legged Chairs called Taste Test. That was taste test by three-legged chairs and let's jump back into our interview with them right now that's yeah. really interesting. I mean, I, I love hearing it, you know, the, when bands take the initiative and, and do the, the recording on their own. I mean, that adds, not only is creating the songs already such a challenge, but, but adding in that element, mm-hmm. I'm sure it brings in a, a whole different thing. So, for maybe a band mm-hmm. uh, that's going through something similar, they want to record some music and they, they got to do it on their own. What type of advice uh, would you have for people that are, you know, trying to record an, an EP in their mom's basement as well? Um, if
3: you're in your mom's basement recording, don't make too much noise when they're trying to sleep. Um, also, uh, just take your time on it. Uh, we spent a lot of time, like, trying to make sure it sounded the way we wanted it to. Um, and also, the I, I think the last tip that I could probably give is um, it's not going to be perfect. So that was something that I struggled with was, like, you know, it was my first time doing it. So uh, it was really hard for me to be, like, okay, I'm not going to, like, it's not going to be perfect, but, you know, just get it to a point that you that you like it and there's always room to improve in the future. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably the best advice that I could give. Mm-hmm.
4: And I would, I would just probably add, uh, just be smart about the gear you're using. Cause there's like, there's options to go a really expensive route or you can either just like take your time and like actually look for good gear, either used or anything like that that could, Bring the whole cost of like recording by yourself down a lot. You don't you know you don't have to go to Guitar Center and spend like over two thousand dollars on microphones. You can like you can find a lot of stuff online or you know anywhere stuff like that. So just like, I guess just be smart about what you're buying.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. I, and I, you know, I went through a similar experience in terms of trying to get recording equipment for myself. I mean, that's the thing. If you're if you're not careful, you could really rack up a tab there really quickly. Exactly. Um,
4: yeah. Exactly. You know, and that's gear, the hardest part is is working with a budget like that. You know.
1: Right. So, uh, exactly. Because like you want to like get the best sound possible, but. You also right. got to, you got to pay the bills and, 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 you know, take care of business on the, on the other hand there. We're talking to three-legged chairs here out of Akron. And, uh, they were just in Athens this past weekend. They're rocking out at Casa. And, uh, you guys mentioned that you were getting back into recording. So what, what can you tell me about that? Some new tunes possibly on the way?
4: Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've been recording at, uh, this a studio called Ackland Recording Company, and um, we're just finishing that up. And we can be, everyone can be expecting some new music probably near near the end of the year. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get hyping on that. But yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at right now.
1: Very exciting. and I'm, So what have been the differences going through the, you know, the recording process between the obvious reasons between a studio and a home studio, but maybe some stuff that you didn't really think about or maybe some stuff you might miss from, from doing the solo recording versus uh, you know, the studio setting or vice versa?
3: Um, the, the thing that I noticed the most during this recording process um, is that it's really nice to bounce ideas back and forth with outside ears so like so like even if you are recording at a home studio it's good to get like non-musicians like people everyday people who are just going to be listening to your music it's nice to like bring them down and like listen to to what you're doing see how they like it see if they have any pointers because I mean everyone listens to music everyone knows what they like to you know how things like to sound so like it's never bad to have uh outside opinions on um obviously not not like the creative process because you know we love writing music the way we do it but like just the way things sound like you know everyone's listening to music so it's good to have some uh outside ears listening in on it yeah
4: and i think uh the the two guys that we worked with uh ben and nate uh they're just they're just really helpful guys so it, it was really nice working with them and like you know taking different approaches to things like like live recording and just like helping us out through all that and they're just they're just cool dudes that understand our genre too so it it was it was a great it was a great time to like have them like uh just help us throughout everything
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, I like the idea, you know, bringing in those everyday people so they can check it out and listen to it, too, because I feel like you know, going back to what you said about trying to make sure it's not going to be perfect. You got to just make sure that it sounds good and you're not always going to there's always going to be something that you can probably find about your work that it can be better. And it's always good to bring in those people from the outside to kind of, you know. Reassure you of stuff that, that uh, you're trying out is uh, working well, and uh, we got three-legged chairs mm-hmm. here. A couple more question uh, questions, I should say, uh, before we wrap things up because uh, they got to get ready to go get uh, go rock out at Casa tonight. Uh, you guys have been at some pretty awesome venues uh, over your time here. The Agora Ballroom, House of Blues, and you've even been uh, performed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What's it like to play at uh, you know some of these big name venues and get your name out there in some of these big name places?
3: Um. You know, we yeah, it's 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 really cool. Um, It's definitely different. uh, It's like obviously the venues are bigger, and it's like it's just a different vibe. Like it's hard to explain. So like playing at a place like the House of Blues is so much different than playing obviously in uh, you know in an Akron DIY house space. But like they both have their their pros and their cons. And like you know, it's nice to like play those bigger places, but also you know, stay true to like playing the the intimate spaces and yeah. you know, keeping close with
4: like people who like to listen to our music.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's like it's it's a cool like story to tell, but it's almost like it's it's more it's almost more fun to be playing those like smaller shows. I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's just more involved. Like you shouldn't if you're like a band who's
4: playing and you you
3: haven't played at like a place with the Agora or the or the House of Blues, it's not. Like, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Like, if you're playing in front of people and they, like, listening to your music, I feel like that's, that's like, the that's the best part about it, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's definitely cool to talk about. Yeah, we played the House of Blues when yeah. we were 16 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: That's really awesome. And yeah, and I can see that, I mean, that those intimate, you know, venues and house shows, I mean, they just add such a different layer to not only I'm sure for you guys as a, as the artist, but for the audience as well, to be able to be so close to the music and the artist to kind of, you know, you're all in it together, which uh, creates uh, some, some really cool atmospheres there. I loved my time at uh, house shows there in Athens, but three-legged chairs. We'll, we'll wrap things up here. I know you guys got stuff to do, but uh, thank you all so much for, for joining me today, taking time before uh, you guys go rock out at uh, Casa here tonight. But uh what's the best way for people to to go out and support you guys and uh what's coming up throughout the rest of the year
4: uh i would say just i don't know follow us on social media we're always posting about upcoming stuff uh just three-legged chairs on everything i think twitter is the only thing where you have to actually you have put, to put the, the number. number yeah you have to put the number three but everything else is just three-legged chairs and then uh yeah there's uh there's gonna be new music coming out there's I don't know, we'll probably get music videos, merch, a whole bunch of new stuff coming along the way. So these, these next couple months should be pretty hyped.
1: Definitely stay tuned to the Three-Legged Chairs Facebook and uh, all their social media stuff. They're also on Bandcamp if you want to catch uh, those EPs that we talked about before. <laughs> and uh, Three-Legged Chairs, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you so Yeah, much. thanks, Paul. That's going to do it for this episode of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Ernie Johnson from Detroit and Three-Legged Chairs for joining the show tonight. Follow along with the bands on their social media pages. And if you or your band is interested in the show, email me at pholden at wxtq.com. That's P-H-O-L-D-E-N at wxdq.com. Groovy Soup is proudly sponsored by True Blue Plumbing and Alpine Heating and Cooling. And until next week, I'm Paul Holden, signing off.